It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. We have made it to episode number 187, Murder! (laughs) No, no, not actually. Don't murder anybody. It's the murder episode, John. (laughs) Especially on Monday night. Only the Bears can get murdered, hopefully, on uh, Monday night. It's John Barchard and James Zeltzer live, recording live, which, again, always sounds so stupid to me, but uh, it is delicious in this room here at 400 Market at uh, Sports Radio 94 WIP, where you can hear us, by the way, if you're listening to us now, uh, you can definitely listen to our show, which I think went pretty well. And I want to thank everybody for listening in last Saturday. You can hear us this Saturday to 4 to 6 p.m. We'll get you all revved up uh, for everything Bears-Eagles. James, what's happening tonight, man? How are you, buddy? It sounds so good in here, Johnny. I know. And, and, like and, a... and here's the thing. It's live for you and me. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, at least we get to have it live. I'm sorry everyone else can't experience it live. I don't know if they really want to. You know, <laughs> it's what, midnight right now. We, we'll we, see. Like, we, yeah, we were coming in earlier, but that didn't work out, did it? No, I'm saying we should have, like, a, maybe we should should invite people here. We maybe should. they do want to see this crazy yes. show, uh, you know, happen. And, uh, yeah, we'll work. Maybe we'll work something out. Maybe for episode 200. You know, that's going to creep around the corner here. If if I'm doing my math right, it's going to be in about seven weeks or or so. Yes. So maybe we should start planning that out and get some some fun guests. Everybody come hang out. Maybe there'll be a Jets-Bills game that'll delay our (laughs) entry here next time. Yeah, that's right. So me and James are going to come and record. But it's good that we didn't uh, earlier because it was a pretty entertaining Thursday night football game. I enjoyed it, man. We filled our bellies up with a little Chinese food. Uh, and things that we are a going lot, a lot of listen. To be real, speaking John, of a lot of Chinese, yeah, and we're probably going to eat more <laughs> when we go back home. And the the beauty part of filling up your bellies is, I, I wanted to tell you guys about. There's a tapped beer festival that is happening on September 
24th, Saturday, September 24th in Norristown at the Elmwood Park Zoo. It's the ultimate craft beer. This event will feature a two or two, excuse me, four hour sessions of over, get this, 100, that is not a misprint, 100 beers, uh, wine and cider tastings, as well as great food offerings and animal encounters because it's a zoo, of course, 16 acres of land that is spread across with all these you know, different wild exotic animals, plus beer, plus wine, plus ciders. You're going to see, you know, uh, victory is going to be there. Who doesn't love a victory? I'm, I'm dreaming of the golden monkey hitting my lips uh, already. I you, wish I were drinking one right now. This podcast would be going a lot better. <laughs> I know. Uh, Evil Genius, uh, Sly Fox, Sam Adams, Magic Hat, Trogues, Rogue, Prism, uh, Lagunitas, and, uh, and many, many more. So tickets right now are at Tapped Philadelphia. Uh, excuse me, tappedfest.com slash Philadelphia. That's tappedfest.com slash Philadelphia. Uh, and if you get it now, if you do it right now, the early access, you basically get in there before everybody. You get there an hour early, er- early access. You get to the so souvenir cup. all the good cup. beers that go out, of, you know, go out first. You're going to get to taste all those. Yeah, Beat exactly. everyone in the punch. And they always the, run out of the good. I don't know about you. I've been to a lot of these beer festivals. And the best beer is there's always one or two that just are gone because everybody loves it and goes back for the tasting. Yes. And uh, so, uh, again, go and grab your tickets for that. It is tapped. So it's T-A-P-P-E-D-Fest.com slash Philly. Uh, so along with beers, and we should probably do that each week. We I might, really want a beer we right might now have after to, that now after all that, We should feature a Can beer. Can we just go to the Tap Festival now? Yeah, we should. <laughs> uh, the zoo's open, right? The zoo's open at, mid- at midnight? This feels like a zoo Oh, yeah, right fucking now. zoo's ro- <laughs> closed, right? From Jerry McGuire. Who doesn't remember that line? But, uh, yeah, I, I think we should feature a beer every week because, like, this week, this week should be, I mean, we should almost be drinking champagne at this point. We should. You know? Uh, so maybe a Miller Genuine Draft is what we're going to be Look drinking all weekend long because it is the champagne of beers, and God damn it, we might have a quarterback in this town. We and that's been a, listen, and that's been the buzz since the game ended, and it's completely true. And I've been battling back and forth this week of like I re- and it's weird. Here's here's what I don't understand, BGN Radio, is that we're supposed to overreact to that. We're supposed to go crazy and say, oh, my God, this is the guy. It's a playoff team now. The defense just needs to come along. And we've been oddly calm all week. We're just enjoying almost like I think the Phillies, the Sixers, and the Flyers have all gotten into our head and been like, no, we just want to see if this kid can continue to do this thing. And the wins are just a small little byproduct of this thing. Well, John, the funniest part of it is that nationally it's blowing up even more than it is. I mean, yes. Barack Obama yeah. is talking about Wentz and, you know, Biden and all this stuff. So so uh, it's I think it's great to enjoy it. And we I think we've been scarred so much in the past, John. It's hard for us to just believe and buy in and say everything's going to be great because it's never fucking been great before. <laughs> yeah. All right? You know, we've never— At least, never you know, continually great. Where, well, never gotten where we want to be all we want is a super bowl i think i speak for everyone in bgn radio nation everyone in eagle nation we just want that title that ring that you know ultimate goal and you know i john i think we really this kid has a real chance to do that we talked about shameless plug again four to six on saturday at wip where we are we talked about the fact that all we wanted to see from the kid was poise and maturity and handling the moment and we got a lot more than that, John. He did that plus. Yeah, and it was one because th- I had said, like, look, I-, I-, I just want to see 
what this kid has. I'm more excited to see what it is as opposed to, oh, Wentz is going to be the guy or I, I, this isn't going to work or, you know, whatever. You just wanted to see where he was at. And a lot of people, whoever that, who is it, the the, the, the Irish dude who oh, like pretends I don't follow Cian him, but Cian Faley or something like that. This yes. son of a bitch. You, you know, he just Gator. like, can he just, can he just enjoy, can people not enjoy things anymore before you completely tear it down? First of all, here's what he said. He says, all I see is I see Andy Dalton, which at first they kind of outraged a bunch of people. I'm like, oh my God, it can't. How dare you? Because Andy Dalton's bad, right? <laughs> but if you look like Andy Dalton, week one, game one, yeah. as your floor, yeah. that's pretty good, man. I'll take that. Like, I don't know why people are upset about it, and they and, and rightfully so. Like, there's a lot of other people that got into it, and he was the same guy that kind of blocked us all for saying, you know, oh, the Eagles' defense is completely overrated, and then the shutout happened against the Giants the very next week. So I totally get it, uh, but... I don't think that anybody's having those type of expectations. Like, yeah, it's not that really that big of a deal. It's just one game. It's a, it's a Cleveland Browns. Move on. I really think that everybody saw a, a, a guy that looked like a, a, a veteran quarterback. And, and we're excited to see the next step with Chicago here. Yeah, and well, the funny part also that it's apropos that it's Andy Dalton because the only person who hates Carson Wentz more than that guy is Hugh Jackson. So it <laughs> yeah. works out well. That's right. Uh, but no, John, look, I, I think especially the situation, it's not just like Carson Wentz came from D2 and came out week one and looked great. He came from D2. He injured his rib in his first preseason, his first NFL action, injured his rib, doesn't play again in the preseason, and then finds out one week before the season that he is going to be the leader of this yeah. team. And yeah, By the way, it's you. Yeah. I mean, it, all of that combined, it's not just that he's a rookie or that he you know, was the second pick of the draft. It's all of it. And he handled all of it like a fucking veteran, man, like a better than most veterans. He handled it better than Sam fucking Bradford would have, I'll tell you that. So it, it He was, didn't start week one. Yeah, well, it was just, yeah, well, you know, it was just very, it was heartening to see. It was, I, I don't know, look, I agree with all the other stuff, the Browns, the all the reasons to say it was just one week, you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't know how you could not be bullish about this kid, even if you were a hater, even if you're a C and whatever his name is. If you even if you're that guy, I don't see C how you should could, be golfing. Yeah. Like, I don't see how you could take. <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. I, Irish thing. I was thinking like C, C and Murphy, but that's silly. Oh, okay, yeah. Silly and Murphy. Yeah. So we're getting off track here as, as per usual. Um, but I, I just don't know how you could not look at what he did that week with the whole situation surrounding it and not just say, all right, whatever else, this kid has a chance. Because he does, man. You can't do what he did and not at least have a chance to be great. Yeah, the first throw, and granted, John and, and Matt did a fantastic job reacting on the on the postgame pod, and uh, I, I love those guys together, and I hope they continue to do postgames. I was in the press box, right? I saw... The first one to Jordan Matthews, I go, wow, that was a very impressive first drive. Yep. Let's see what happens. And no kidding, I forgot where I was for a second. The second one to Nelson Aguilar, when he hit that dime, I smacked Matt Lombardo on the chest. I was just like, <laughs> and we just looked at each other with dead eyes. We were just like, what? Did you just see what happened? And so now it just kind of, I, I, I want that to carry forward. Yes. Like I'm expecting at some point, whether it's Chicago and more than likely Pittsburgh, where it's going to come through, is the the rookie downfall 
is there somewhere. Like every rookie quarterback goes through it. I don't care who you are. Peyton Manning, all the good ones, all the bad ones, they all have that next step in there. I also remember, I think Patrick Wall, by the time you might be listening to this, has a phenomenal chart, phenomenal article that's about to come out explaining that going against Chicago or going against the that you make that second game for any rookie quarterback, the numbers on average are not good. So if he comes out of this thing looking the same way that he did against a bad Cleveland Browns team, I mean, I think that is really when the, the flip is going to switch there. If he throws three touchdowns, it's on. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, I totally agree. And it would make sense in the second game. They have some sort of a book on the kid. They know what they're going to do with the kid, the the scheme, the system. It was also the first game with a, a Doug Peterson offense, a Doug Peterson team. So there was a lot of new stuff there. So you would have to expect that they're not going to be as good against a, a better Bears defense in week yeah. two. Having said that, uh, I, Fran Duffy did an awesome job of, of breaking does. down those. Always does. Yeah. But taking those a lot of the Wentz throws from this week, some good and bad, uh, and really breaking them down and, and doing the little tweets with the little you know screenshots and all that. And he had one of the second touchdown throw where he just called. He said, or it wasn't even the second touchdown throw. It was the throw over the middle for the uh, the third down. The Jordan Matthews deep oh, in but like it, oh. He said, this is what Greg Cosell would call a DNA throw. Yes. And th- the point is, there are not – everybody can't make that throw. We just watched Ryan Fitzpatrick play. That dude can't make those throws. If nothing else, we have waited a long time for a quarterback who can make, quote-unquote, those throws. And we have one because we saw it in his first game. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, if if I mean, first of all, Ryan's, Ryan Fitzpatrick, his stat line looks like uh, some sort of <laughs> – you know, like <laughs> that should be – he should be making – $23 million a year based on his stat line. But then when you watch him throw to guys like Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker and even this new kid that, you know, I have no Quincy idea where he, Quincy something or other came <laughs> through. And there's another, like, undrafted rookie free agent that came out of Ohio State. That, I mean, and, you know, it, it's weird that Devin Smith is, like, the forgotten soul on that. And uh, hat tip to Matt Daring and myself because we called that from freaking day one. But that's besides the point is if you were to give Carson Wentz that wide receiving core – from last and last week, like I couldn't even imagine the type of numbers they were going through, and that's not to say that Jordan Matthews and Nelson Aguilar didn't do a good job. I'm just saying those type of pinpoint things. Like if you start to and think forward and even start dreaming and do it, do it, Eagles fans. It's week one. Start to dream a little bit. Be like, well, if this continues to happen, and that first round pick that they used on Sam Bradford, if they get whatever stud that Ben Natan is telling me to take. You know, in the in that later half of the first round, and you start building on the wide receivers, and you give this guy even more and more weapons, and you replenish the running backs, and you start to give them an offensive line. And you're like, man, oh man, do you start getting excited? And you should be. And but you know, is it going to be? What is it going to be like in Chicago? That's what we're here for. That's what we're doing. So what is it going to be like in Chicago for this guy here, James? Well, and just to respond to that last point, it, it, it's a great point because we kept watching that Jets game and saying. These are not the best throws. There were a lot of throws behind the receivers, not in timing, and those guys picked his ass up. Even guys like Quincy Indemuwubu, whatever his name is. Like, these guys were going behind their backs on the run, making really nice catches and making Fitzpatrick look a lot better than he is. Sloppy, uh, you know, behind-the-shoulder throws and things like that. Just where they caught 
everything. They caught everything. 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 Well, except like, for that one awful, you know, Brandon Marshall drop. Yeah. Which I could have used, by the way. Me Thank you. Me too. But they caught everything. And, and and look, what we saw Wentz do was take a, a bunch of guys who, you know, outside of Jordan Matthews, aren't good. And Jordan Matthews is all right. He's a good NFL player, but he's not a stud or anything. And he made them look good, man. That's what we always talked about. When we talked about getting that guy, that franchise guy, and I always use Andrew Luck as an example just because he's the most recent example of a guy who has played with literally nothing and had success because of him and made everyone around him better. We saw Carson Wentz make everyone on that yes. offense better on Sunday. And that that's one of the biggest things that you look for. Yeah, and that's what flipped the switch for me immediately. I said, okay, this kid's not a bust. This kid will not be a bust. He's not a Jared Goff, all right? Yes, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Listen, man, and those stories that are coming out through there, can you imagine being in Los Angeles? Can you imagine being in a different franchise mode right now where, it? I mean, it is just, Jesus. I mean, they move the team, they force the pick, and they make the coach take golf, and then they give – Jeff Fisher, an extension. I can't imagine rooting for that fan base. I can't imagine being a Buffalo Bills fan and having to deal with Rex Ryan's mediocrity and there's nothing new coming in there. Do you ever freaking EJ Manuel come in there for like fourth and ones and just craziness? The fact of the matter is, through all of my pent up, I don't know what's going to happen here. And a lot of it, James, is. I mean, did did the Eagles just become the luckiest franchise <laughs> yeah, in a way. as far as timing, as far as picking the right guy, mm-hmm. possibly the right head coach, and getting a first-round pick for a dude who is not worth that amount of coinage all at once? It all happened. Look where we went from the offseason to now, uh, and we were definitely one of those, like, this is messed up, like, you're making a mistake by firing Chip Kelly. I understand he's not a good, a good GM, but don't throw it away until it's rotten and blah, blah, blah. And now you're getting it's just like, damn, man. I mean, like, Doug is Doug does not look like Andy 2.0 as much as you've been sold by that. There are some different wrinkles in there. He managed the clock pretty decently. He wanted that extra touchdown. D- did the Eagles get lucky and position themselves to get lucky? You're, yeah. You, you, you qualified <laughs> it there exactly with what I was going to say is, Look, and look, luck is crucial to any sports team, both in-season, off-season, everything. Luck plays such a big role in any of this stuff, but and it did here. But I think that I think they put themselves in really good positions to get lucky. And obviously, I still don't think that they had necessarily the foresight to know that a team, a contender, was going to get you know their quarterback hurt and they would be able to trade Bradford for something legitimate. I don't think they knew that, but... I think will them being willing to take the risk of eating that eleven million on Bradford, of spending extra money to bring in really good assistant coaches, paying a guy like D. Filippo to be an offensive coordinator. I mean, paying him like an offensive coordinator to be a quarterbacks coach. That's the kind of stuff that I think they did to put themselves in the right position. But look, we don't know if they got lucky with the Goff Wentz thing or not because they were always taking Wentz. They knew who the Rams were taking. We don't know if they traded up to number one who they would have taken. They're obviously going to say Wentz no matter what. We don't know. I think that I I, 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 really I would guess that, that they that, would. Though. It seemed like he was their guy. It seemed like it was all about him. Who knows? But the point is they put themselves in those positions and – uh, you know, they, they loved Wentz, so I can't call them super lucky because they seem to be right there. Well, so that part, no, I'm saying that, that part, part. But even I'm, I'm even with in the a, Doug Peterson, and I think that a lot of that might have to do with the yeah. fact they brought in the, this terrific assistant coaching staff. And they're kind of, 
you know, letting people do what they're good at. And, I, you know, that's the way that I want to see every single organization that I root for act and go about their business. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to be bullish. And we were about as staunch a, a, a hater of the Peterson move itself as there could have been. And I'm look, I'm willing and I'm not saying it's over. I'm not saying we know this guy's a good coach, but yeah, we don't. I'm certainly willing to admit that I was at least already Initially, partially uh, yeah. wrong. And if I might be really wrong, he might be a great coach. Who knows? We don't know yet, but he's certainly impressed me so far. And one side thing I'll note, I like that he sticks up for his guys, man. Uh, like Chase Daniel coming in, he doesn't have to come out and say Chase Daniel was the backbone for Carson Wentz this week. We all know that's bullshit. We all know what Carson Wentz <laughs> yeah. is. We know how mature and, and together this kid is, and we know that a lot of what happened is because of him. But, you know, Doug Peterson went out of the way to, to take an unhappy guy it. and acknowledge yeah, of course. it and pump him up, and I, I think he's done that a fair amount. So uh, I think he's been willing to take bullets for his guys too. So, so far, so good, man. I think as a yeah, lie to – Lie to them, don't lie to me type of guy kind of almost Which is what we like, always right? wanted. And, and you know, I think Chip had some issues where he would go back and forth with that. Like, he would he would defend his guys and then only get ripped when he when he didn't. But <laughs> it seems like Peterson, you know, so far has done a really good job there. Yeah, and that's something you just got to, again, keep keep your eyes on moving forward. And I, I as much as – and I do say that because as much as Carson – well, first of all, let me say this. The I, it was still valid, and I say luck because of the, how the coaching process and when the, how they went about it. Mm-hmm. We know for a fact that he wasn't the first choice. Yeah, they offered McAdoo a contract. They, they offered I mean, Gase too. They, they offered they, Gase, or they tried. I don't know if they got to a contract, but they wanted Gase, and, yes, and he yes, Miami yes. was like, "We're getting this guy. He's ours." And but, that's that's what I mean about the luck part. Like, thank God that those things didn't happen. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, Gase looks fine so far in Miami. Who knows? Right, but, but I, I think what, what what we've said before, and I think it's really true that. Of all these kind of positions that you fill, whether in a coaching staff or on a roster, I think head coach is the most luck of all of it. Yes. I mean, look, Bill Belichick got fired in (laughs) Cleveland, all right? You know, we've seen many – Bruce Arians took forever to become a head coach. It just seems like that it's not quite. We haven't developed the metrics yet to say, all right, that who's guy's good and be, who's bad. You know, yeah, like it's most of the, the 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 entire metric that we do have is did this guy run an offense or a defense? Was it good? Okay, I want him. <laughs> exactly. That's it. I mean, that's how we judge this this process too. And mm-hmm. we don't really, again, hey, surprise, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about when it comes to the hiring process of a coach because it it's it's it is just based on those things. We even were asking why they didn't interview the the Seattle offensive coordinator because, like, why not just wait a week? You're going to hire Doug Peterson anyway if you don't go through that. And now you get to, again, you just get to this point and, like, wow, you know, did they luck out there? Did they they make the good, bad decision? And they have, like, the – the the perfect kind of combo again. And that's what I'm saying. Like, all of it leading up to this, even though John Filippo, who is a guy I've always respected even before he got to the Eagles, Frank Gregg I didn't know a, a whole lot about. Uh, again, just judging on what he did previously in San Diego. So, meh, okay. But these guys come out and say, like, no, man, this kid's ready. And I all just, I was like, oh, this is all this is PR bullshit. Yes. You know, like, I it's get like it. We, we, traded, the thing. we traded Bradford. We're going to pump this kid up as much as we can. Yeah, and, and then he comes out and just depances me in three quarters and i'm just like wow this kid really does have it because i from the just and you don't have much to go on you're going off at 30 preseason snaps you're like wow there's a lot of things to fix there yeah there's a lot of things to fix there and And then he comes down he's freaking 
looking to, he's taking over the world, yes. man. I can't believe it. And there are still things to fix. Don't get us wrong. Like he needs to protect himself better. He he took too many of those body shots. He and look, I love that he's yeah. willing to stand in there like a man and Absolutely. take those. In. But he's got to protect his body better. There was stuff like that, but man, the the nitpicking and, and the things that you can pull out that are bad are infinitesimal compared to the good stuff. Yeah, there. Yeah, he missed a couple of throws there too, which were really easy throws. The the ball is still sailing a little uh, bit high, but, but the I mean, guts like it, and the it balls and the leadership. How about you know? that fourth down? I mean, this kid just was like, like it's such a it's such a uh, cliche old term, but he had so much moxie, man. <laughs> he had moxie that kid. You know, he's just like you could. He felt like a leader and a winner, and and I know that's ineffable and kind of this grand weird you know theme, but he felt that way to me. He felt like someone who was going to go out and win football games. Yeah, and there's a part of me too that's just like, oh yeah, tall white guy, leader of men type of thing. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah, blah blah blah. I've seen this. I've seen this show before. And then I didn't even realize till after the game when the NFL Network was doing its highlights that he's sitting there hours before the game, going over his notes, going over the playbook. I'm like. Does that now? That's crap. Starting to make me excited now that I've seen both things and how he prepares through this. And uh, the only reason, actually, why I saw that is because of our good sponsor, Clip It. Again, it is the hottest app that is out there. If you can see it right now, we're we're going to start posting hopefully our clips of the week, whether it is Eagles related or anything, right here in the BGN Radio Post on BleedingGreenNation.com. But I'm telling you guys, it is live television in the palm of your hand where you can make 30 second. HD clips. You can put them on Facebook. You can put them right on Twitter. It's great for enhancing your blog post, too. Honestly, if you're going back and you're making a ton of different clips from the games that you're watching, or if it's the national one that you're doing uh, in, in any sport as it's coming around here, I mean, football season is here. You definitely need this. And the other thing, too, and I noticed this. Listen, here's a little sneak play, okay? Because me and James spend a lot of time together. If you have an Apple TV yes. and you are desperate, you can I I watched Iowa Iowa State at thirty seconds at a time, bang 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 bang, just rolling on right on through until the game was like insurmountable, like I knew it would be, and I got to watch it that way too. So it's great for sharing. It's that's what it's made for. It's fantastic. But if you are in a pinch, oh my god, it is a lifesaver <laughs> to really watch is. all the sporting events: Big Ten Network, Pac twelve, all the college, every different network that's on there if we're, for whatever like amc like if you want to go back and watch the walking dead again and make sure that there's things there or clip those things out it, it has everything and it's going to grow and it's going to continue to add channels and i am still being promised that there are going to be local philly channels on there very very soon so please clip it in the app store in uh for the android uh, it is uh, you need it for football season, James. Like you absolutely need it. It's one of those things where it's hard to believe it's legal because it's so. I amazing. know. I, I know. Really, every time I'm like, how am I doing this? Why is this allowed? <laughs> but it's amazing. Yeah. It's so uh, and and uh, that's what's also allowed. It's a terrible segue, but I'm just going to roll but, with it. But anyway. here's the thing: you had such a I great segue stuck. into the clipping thing. It was so such allowed. a goal. So you know, yeah, it's, right. It's, <laughs> win some, <laughs> you lose some, man. Go we'll on. call that one a loss. But what <laughs> I really want to get into now is just how it is that Wentz is going to deal with the Chicago Bears. And when I'm going and looking, listen, it's armchair quarterbacking. It's all that. I, I went through maybe three or four times condensed condensed game film. I'm not standing there for two hours like rewinding everything, but um, I watched that game a couple of times. Here's what I saw, James. I saw, I, I don't understand this, and maybe I'm putting too much stock into one game. The Bears' defensive line is not great. It is not like 
listen, it has a couple of names on it that people are familiar with. There was literally no pressure there any time that they just brought four. It was nothing. Uh, and it, so I'm not as much as worried about that, but the, the Bears linebacking core, dare I say, is good. It's it is good. good. It is very aggressive. It's good. Like, Pernell McPhee's a good football very player. Good football like, a player. really good football player. Um, but, no, that D-line isn't anything spectacular. I, I think they get by a lot more on scheme defensively than on talent. They definitely They're do. They're really well coached. Fangio, obviously, is a, is a good defensive coordinator, does a good job. Fangio, by the way, also said... Wow, do they yeah, have a walk-through Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. I was like, yeah. So you have the vice president, everybody in Philadelphia. Joe Thomas, by the way, who we forgot to mention, is like, man, that kid did look like a rookie to me. Best you tackle have- in the game. I mean, there is there is so many people on Wentz's nuts right now. It's it's incredible. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. It's no, but true. they they really do. They are coached very very well. The pressures where they go back and forth. Vic is is still awesome at it. Yeah, I, it's well, it's a well coached defense. But like you said, outside of that linebacking core, there's nothing really special defensively. That you know, the, the secondary is okay. The D-line really, especially from a pressure perspective, they're much better at stopping the run. They get zero pressure, which, you know, like that's really all you're worried about. I feel like if you give Wentz time, he's going to be fine, man. So, um, yeah, I think it's a really nice uh, second matchup. I'm a lot more worried about that following week with – you know, potentially healthy Ryan Shazier in that defense going out. Yeah, that's that's going to be a little, little more intense. And I still think the game plan might be to – I don't know. I, I have a feeling that they might want to test out to see if he can make those throws with dropping seven or maybe even dropping eight in mm-hmm. some parts and just kind of let him beat you first and just kind of test sure. him out that way rather than the pressure. But then I think, John, this is this is Vic, man. I mean, he's, he's going to want to bring that – those pressures early they want to test them out that way too but I don't know if they're going to be able to do that as much because I yes it is a completely different wide receiving core than Houston is Houston is probably top two top three in the league it's, it's right now as far as wide receiving cores go I know that you can have the argument for a bunch of other different I don't know ones if I go there. that high but they're, they're, they they're, have the speed they yeah, have a lot of speed ve- very very fast and it's a really good wide receiving core yeah. and you can't take anything away look DeAndre Hopkins and probably Will Fuller are better, better than anything yeah. on the Eagles yeah it's uh, without a at doubt least, at least in terms of a threat but they were picking on Tracy Porter for a very very long time uh, I mean like there was, As uh, they should he's a thousand years old <laughs> he's a thousand years old he is very much uh, removed from that Saints defense and taking back a Peyton Manning touchdown during the Super Bowl um, so there was there, and you know Kyle Fuller still probably looks like he's not going to be a go on that side either. They have a rookie in his place whose name escapes me at this point right now. He played okay for his assignment. I mean, his first game, it's it's really hard to judge, but I'd be picking on them pretty much all game. Their secondary is still very, very, very bad. Yeah, I. This is not a Ryan Matthews game. This is a uh, you're chucking the ball, you're moving the ball through the air against this defense. A hundred percent agree. Uh, you know, and, and flipping it over to the other side of the ball, I actually think there's some interesting opportunities there as well. I mean, this Bears O-line should have been better. I mean, Josh Sitton, still one of the better guards in the game, obviously released after the last preseason game by the Packers, picked up, and that Bears O-line was a mess against Houston. Yeah, they looked really was. awful. Five sacks. I think they gave up like 10 or 13 quarterback hits. They, Jay 40% Cutler, of the time they were pressured. Yeah, and, and not Jay Cutler was hit by a rusher like 52% of the time. Or he actually had 52% of the time. 18 of 34 dropbacks he was hit. Jesus. And that wasn't including two where he had to run for his life and actually got away. So it, they looked awful. They are talented. Like at least... 
they should be inside. Kyle Long is a stud. He's really, really good. Oregon. Uh, but, <laughs> and look, Sitton should get better, but they got real continuity issues. They lost their uh, starting center, Grasso, in the preseason yep. to an injury as well. Ted Larson, career backup, not that good. So I think, you know, and, and the outside, I mean, Bobby Massey, we saw him in Arizona last year. Listen, Bobby Massey might as well be a rock statue. Yes, he Honestly, can't move at all. And Charles Leno isn't that great either at left tackle. So this D-line should be able to feast against these guys. Especially Vinny they and BG. Yes. Oh, the outside. That's what That's I'm talking about. Because you have to figure that Sitton will figure it out and be better. And Long is good. But that outside of that line is a train wreck. Yeah, and, and, and we say this, and you're dealing with, I mean, Jesus, you got to go from Vincent Wilfork and J.J. Watt to then Fletcher Cox and then oh. Benny Logan. And, I mean, that's a tough assignment for anybody. It's but rough. these And I think Long's still playing through. I think he was supposed to have surgery, but he's deciding to play through this thing. So that's, a, I mean, the, the, what I'm saying is if the front four doesn't wreck this fucking offensive line, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to start questioning my life, yeah. honestly, because yeah. the, these guys are supposed to come in there. And look, they got the pressure that they needed to against Cleveland eventually. They wore them down. They got through the middle. Brandon Graham started teeing off. The offense obviously helped with that because you can pin your ears back and kind of go here. That's how, and to me, that's the only way that you're going to make me feel comfortable neutralizing Cutler to Jeffrey because yeah. that's it. I mean, like I'm, I'm, I, I get it every time. It's just like, well, you can bracket him or you can, you know, run cover two or you can do all these things. It doesn't matter because all Jay Cutler has to do, and you saw it against Corey Coleman in the opening of the the second half in Cleveland. When he just throws a 50-50 ball, and listen, Corey Coleman is 5'10", 5'9", on a good day, and there was three Eagles DBs that then turned around to the ball and were like, where'd everybody go? You do that with Ashland Jeffrey, that's going to be a long day. So I, I'm not confident that they can still win that matchup, but the good thing is if they can find a way to at least slow that down, there's not a second option on this Bears team other than... I don't know. Jeremy Langford, Langford kind of an, out in the open. In Zach the, Miller, maybe. Jeremy Langford is one of those guys who has some value in fantasy because of the insane amount of work that he gets. I think he actually had the highest percentage of snaps of any running back in the league in the first week. Uh, but guess what? He stinks. He's not good at football. He's just bad. <laughs> no. yeah. Bad after contact. Bad in general. So uh, that doesn't worry me at all. I know that... Crowell and that that running game had a bit of success against the Eagles, but it wasn't really – at no point did you feel like they were really carving them up. It felt like the Eagles D was kind of letting them have it at points in the game. Um, uh, it's it's Jeffrey. Look, I think if, if, if Chicago puts up a fair amount of points in this game, it's going to be because Alshon Jeffrey has 180 yards and two touchdowns. Yes. Yeah, and that's – that's I mean, that, that could happen. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, not saying it could A healthy Alshon Jeffrey is that good, especially against this, these cornerbacks. And that is – that is what makes the Bears offense run. That is it. So, if you can slow that down or kill it somehow, I don't know how – I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to kill because yeah. you're, you're still going to get one of those two monster throws that come down to the field there. But Jay Cutler's still Jay Cutler, and Jay Cutler's way better than RG3. It's just true. Significantly Significantly better. better. Uh, The arm's still there. The tight window throws. You know. Yeah, Cutler, Cutler, look, whatever else you want to say about him, he makes some terrible decisions. He's uh, uh, clearly kind of a douche, it seems like. (laughs) He is insanely talented and always has been. Never obviously lived up to it, but he can still make the throws. Yeah, without a doubt. So there is, but again, that's how you, I mean, just like you said, James, if you can have him frazzled and dazzled at any point during this football game he's going to continue to make those so they need to be aggressive early and from what i saw what houston did anytime they brought five guys it was over yep there was no doubt about it four they can maybe hold up and maybe give them 
that that 2.95 seconds to throw the football. They bring five, it folds. I, there is one shot that I tweeted out. I'll put it in the post, too, if you're listening to this on BleedingGreenNation.com. They literally started on the 40, of their own 40, and they ended up back, I think, towards the 36 or 35. Nice, like, nice. they were five yards off the ball, completely blown away. They have to win there. That is what's going to neutralize their entire offense. I know that's a really obvious thing to say because, of course, if you can't, if the quarterback can't throw, it's going to neutralize that. But it is key for these guys because that is literally all they have. Uh, especially like we just talked about to Alshon Jeffrey, your guy, like Carroll, whoever's on him, is going to have a very, very finite amount of time to stay with him in any semblance. And even then, like we said, he could just throw it up and he'll probably catch it anyway. But like. You need to get to Cutler and force him to get rid of the ball immediately. He is not mobile. You'll get sacks. I mean, there is no question that that going after Cutler is the entire game plan defensively in my mind. Yeah, and and there's really nothing else other to break down other than that offensively. I mean, they just, I would. I'm not, and it's not disrespect. It's not anything. They literally... Don't have a second option yet. At least I have not seen it. I mean, and it and it's trailed back even into the last year. There has not been a second yeah, Kevin option. Kevin White is so far away from oh, being ready. I can't I tell be- you how I can't awful believe he is. it. Like he, I mean, he is clearly very physically gifted. He is light years away from being an NFL player. Yeah, there is there was one route in particular where he just stopped and it looked like he crapped his pants. <laughs> and and that was an interception because he stopped his route. I mean, yeah, and I the saw, same thing. I saw that. I was huge on Kevin White. I said Forget the injury. Give this kid a year. He's going to be – that's your one-two. That's how you can feel comfortable moving on from Brandon Marshall. Oops. <laughs> Whoops. Oops. They gave away Brandon Marshall for a fifth-round pick. Are you kidding me? Where, Where was the outrage yeah, for that? I know, man. It, even though he looked like he tore his ACL tonight and popped right back up. And I, I can't believe that. that. That, to me, is just like you had one of the best one-two yeah. punches in the league. Well, it, it's look, it, we just talked about how much better it made Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Eric Decker yeah. is not as good as Alshon Jeffrey. He's a very good receiver. He's not as good as Alshon Jeffrey. They had that. They had that thing that makes their quarterback way better than he is. And they were teammates. And, and they, they were teammates yes, forever. forever. They, they followed each other. I mean, they were actual – like, he was like, – it seems like Brandon Marshall's the only person on the plane who likes Jay Cutler. I mean, how do you <laughs> let that guy go? Yeah, it's Come amazing. on. It's amazing to me. See, everybody makes dumb mistakes everywhere. It's all across the league. Uh, and speaking of dumb mistakes, we made a couple on the podcast last week. It's pretty strong again on the radio show, but it is now time. Let us get – into the NFL picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and place some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. So apparently, uh, you know, Bruce Arians' bumbling dumb face can't beat uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, who I said sucks. And uh, now he looks like, you know, Tom Brady light. Uh, and uh, and then Bruce Arians got his diapers full and, you know, went in the middle of, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut everybody, blah, 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 and did his, you know, football guy thing. So I, I like that you had you found a way to get the Bruce Arians <laughs> diaper reference in somehow. Always. I will always do that. It's, and it's the, your brand. It's and, good. Well, it's not, it's not even, it's everybody's brand. It is, I mean, I think uh, after a log underscore off, log off, a good friend over there has the Bruce Arians diaper meter steadily available Strong at any time. Work. Uh, listen, yeah, everybody loves him, but he's a son of a bitch, man. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But you, you even, uh, even in our, uh, our dying, 
Holding on to my dearest heart, Chip Kelly. Chip, he came through for me, man. 28 to nothing. Big time. What does that say about the Rams? Yeah, that gave me a little up on you. I'm excited about that. Is our, <laughs> our, is our good friend Dan Schmidt keeping track? It is, that is right, one Danny. and one for this guy, 0 oh and 2 for that guy, yeah, I'm just, which this, I like. This is a bummer. So we're going to stretch it out to, <laughs> to three this go. But uh, Can I give you more shots here? Real quick, though. I mean, like, yes. look, at the, look at the garbage that's on San Francisco. How, it's unbelievable. I, and you know, like Jeremy Curley's a, a fantasy option now, yeah, right? No, like no, he was. A, dude, no. You <laughs> no, go across no. any league right now, and he's like, now he's owned. Oh, like, give God. me a fucking it's break. It's unbelievable. And, and look, and I like Carlos Hyde. He's a nice player. He is it. Like there yeah, is, is nobody it. else on that team. Uh, uh, Joe Staley, good good O lineman. You know, like a yeah, couple, yeah. It's like. Bad, Navarro man. Bowman, all those guys it on the defense, un- it's like it's shocking, in bits really. and pieces. It's like, how did they end Oof. up with such a such a depleted roster? This team was in the Super Bowl two years, what, three years ago or something? Yeah. And then the year before in the NFC, or the year after in the NFC Championship game, or, I mean, how do you go from that to this that quickly? I hit my mic, I'm so fired up it about it. Spiraled out like uh, like Maynard, Mantool, just spiral up. <laughs> uh, you so- are just... Killing I, it with the well, John Barchard related references. Right listen, now. listen, that's, that's exactly right. The cheesy, corny, and uh, that's that's all I'm about. So, where are we going to first? Why don't we head down to Houston, Johnny? Hey, hey I know as, those guys. As some people like to say, Houston. Mm. Uh, the planet <laughs> Houston. All right, Johnny. The Kansas City Chiefs in town, aka the Fighting Big Reds. It's going to be a good one. Yes. Minus two and a half. Houston is the favorite. Minus two and a half. Houston's at home? At home. Ah, man, that line's kind of screaming out at you a little bit there. Now, I'm going to say, I mean, like, I didn't really like what Kansas City did against San Diego. San Diego also is dog shit. Uh, So, I, yeah, I I think I'm, as much as Vegas is trying to be like, you should take Kansas City, I I think I got to go Houston in this one. Take that long. Little little insider tip there. I was going ring the bell either way there because I didn't know who to take. <laughs> now I uh, I like the Chiefs there. I look that was an awful showing. I think they took San Diego a little lightly in that one. I think the Chiefs come out in Houston. Houston, look, they beat the Bears. They look like shit doing it. They were not that impressive. The defense very good. We're gonna see two very good defenses in this game, but. I don't know. I think that win, that comeback OT win, got something going. Got those juices flowing, man. Spencer Ware. Yeah, what? The, what? He had like uh, no rushes and like four catches for 107 10, yards. Ten thousand yards received. Oh, yeah, unbelievable. Which is pretty great. I was pretty, pretty impressed. I totally, like Andy so Reid way. We're head, head heads up one already. Let's let's see if we can keep this going. <laughs> all right, where are we heading? I to actually next? know which one I'm going to pick in this one, oh, so it's beautiful. a little less exciting. All right. But uh, all right, let's head down to Pittsburgh as we uh, keep this. Up. We've got three AFC games on the slate here, which is kind of funny. Like we're, we're getting all the AFC good games here. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh minus three and a half, getting that extra half point at home. Pittsburgh, without a doubt. It doesn't even. I mean, like I can't. No, nothing is. They have tried, and they have failed to stop Ben Roethlisberger. Antonio Brown, and it's just not going to happen. Bring it again! Oh my God, we're going to. This is two in a row. This is epic. This is so exciting. I really like this Bengals team, man. They're my Super Bowl pick in the AFC. I think that they're underrated. This is the year Marvin Lewis gets over the curse. Uh, The O line didn't even play well in week one. They still found a way to win the O line, the best part of that team. I really like this team. I know missing perfect is going to hurt. 
for some reason, I think they go in there and I think they get it done. I think they win the game outright, John. 42 minutes in, James Lister <laughs> says, Cincinnati Bengals Super Bowl. Can't wait to replay yes, this sir. one. Where are we How heading to next? about that one? All right, let's round it out in Denver. Speaking of Super Bowls, Johnny. How about that? The Broncos a six-point favorite against the fighting Andrew Lux. Man, six points. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't go against that either. I got to take Denver here because I, as much as, listen, that defense is terrible. In it, can can Andrew Luck just get top sixteen defense? It's all he needs. That is all he needs. He's got a defensive head coach, a GM that can't really do anything. Uh, just get him something. Just getting something. There. Get him some fucking cornerbacks, please. How about some NFL quality players somewhere <laughs> just around anywhere. Him, other than a wide receiver? Uh, having said that, John, this is going to be momentous. Cause ring the fucking bell for the third time. Oh my god. Holy cow. Johnny. Are you really oh, going I'm, with Andrew? I'm going. On the road? Here's why. Okay, let me explain this. Trevor Simeon is garbage. I don't care how he looked against the Panthers. He's garbage. He's terrible. I know how good that defense is, and I think they win the game. This screams three-point game to me. I, I think that maybe Denver gets a, a big lead, which for them is 10 points, maybe 10 nothing. because I don't know if they score more than <laughs> that and a half. I, I, Andrew Luck is not going to get completely shut down. He's just not. He's too good. He's too good at coming back in these situations. They find a way to put some points on the board late. Maybe it's a 10-point lead. Like uh, set, Let's say it's it's 20 to 10, and Andrew Luck scores a touchdown late to, to get yeah, that long I'm, cover. I'm down with that. I think that's great. And by the way, if you're trying to pull him out of uh, the fantasy lineup, as you can listen to James's podcast, too, right after this. Uh, this week in fantasy, another good stuff with uh, Sigmund Bloom here. Uh, you don't pull him out here. And this is what I don't understand about everything moving forward. I love forward that you're here. going here. This is good. Andrew Luck, despite how he plays, is has that Tony Romo magic where in garbage time, he's going to make up for it. And even you know, he gets in a shootout with Matt Stafford, which, by the way, was phenomenal. And I still end up losing because that damn last catch Antonio Brown. <laughs> it was a dogfight in there. But I mean, like. You know, Andrew Luck is if do not sit Andrew Luck. No, you don't sit. I've seen so many people starting Carr over him, Winston over him. This that it's silly. Like just start Andrew Luck and forget about it. If you have him on your team, you don't even have a backup quarterback. You'd pick one up for whatever his bye week is, and then you just keep rolling with Luck. That's it. Yes, drop Rashard Matthews and then get the get the backup quarterback <laughs> that you need for that week. Uh, well, it's it's uh, been just exciting. Hold up, you could just drop Rashard Matthews right now. And feel good about it. <laughs> I did. I actually did. Uh, and there is, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot. It's going to be a pretty exciting Sunday uh, football. So we're going to have some more picks on Saturday, and we're going to hold off on giving our Eagles predictions. Uh, we're going to give those on uh, Sports Radio 94 WIP in uh, between 4 to 6 uh, with our good friend Kyle Scott from Crossing Broad. James, final thoughts as we're rolling out here. I do, do nothing, man. This is fun. People yeah, should fun. come in. Can we bring people in next time? This whole live thing. You. This is this is neat, man. I'm looking out. I see tasty cakes. This studio's like 10 times the size of my bedroom. It's, it's <laughs> amazing. I, and I, I feel like... No yeah, dogs here, though. Yeah, That's the only thing I'm yeah, disappointed it's true, in. It's, it's not a lot true. of barking on this episode. People are going to be very disappointed when the dogs are not. We might have to go back and take some of the old dog bark sounds and filter <laughs> them in here just to make it sound good. No, I, my final thought is uh, I'm I, I Carson Wentz, man. Fucking Carson Wentz. I, and my final thought is I don't care how you want me to feel about one way or another. I'm going to react. I'm going to overreact. I'm going to underreact to a lot of things that are happening here because now is the time where we're finally seeing evidence of 
our theories. What makes the offseason great is we can talk a bunch of BS about what we think and what it goes on, but then when it actually comes and hits, especially because if I didn't think that Carson Wentz was going to be the guy and then he shows me in literally one game, I'm going to get really excited about that because I am happy to be wrong. I am happy to be wrong about that stuff. It has lit a fire under my butt. Of course, if they lose to Chicago in a terrible fashion, I'll be going to be definitely jumping off the – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. I'm kidding. I think what you need to do here, and even though I just gave that speech, this is I'm just this is how I feel. I know there's a couple other people that feel about, this way too. It really is exciting just to see Carson Wentz and his development where he goes from here. That's all I'm. That's all I really care about. Anything that comes out after after that is great. The wins, playoff contention in the hunt towards the later on in the year. Sure, that's great. If I think it can be feel like a a playoff squad after. Next week, even though, yes, they played Cleveland and Chicago, and maybe they sneak out a win, you know, in Chicago, or maybe they blow them out, or whatever way it is. If they're starting to come together, <clears throat> you got to start to ride that wave. You know, if he comes out there and throws three interceptions in a pick and 300 yards and looks good, if not great, what are you waiting for? What, are, you know, it's just kind of a, a weird thing. It's, it's, it's completely different from the things and the mirages that we have told ourselves. That is not Michael Vick in a little tiny bottle giving you a, a playoff run, uh, albeit a short one. It is not Nick Foles masking, you know, the, the the touchdowns and the excitement of a fast offense. It is not even Kevin Cobb. We knew instantly the moment Kevin Cobb stepped on that field and we go, that's not the guy. We looked at Sam Bradford and we went, he could be the guy, kind of, and maybe he needs a little more time and maybe there's some built-in excuses here. But at the end of the day, we really know that ceiling has already been hit. And you look at Carson Wentz and go, holy shit. That's a guy that looks like a veteran already, and it's game one. So that's why I'm excited. The floor is already built in. He's unbustable. I said it. Put it on tape. Send it to your mom. He is unbustable. And that uh, that's all it took was one game. Now let's see where he goes from here. Is he 15? Is he 10? Is he 8? Is he top 5? That's the exciting journey for me. Thank you so much for listening to episode number 187 right here on BGN Radio and BleedingGreenNation.com. It's murder! about my coma I got my mama and my daddy and my homies in my corner it's gonna take a miracle late day for me to walk again to talk again but anyway I get fronted some keys to get back on my feet and everything that nigga said came to reality living like a ball alone having money and blowing hella chronic smoke I bought my mama Easter egg <laughs> <laughs>